0: Do you see a problem where the commercial applications of this and the money going into it is is, you know, a gold rush, you know, even making the internet gold rush seem modest. Is that would that possibly drain people out of academia who are or doing the important work or or do you see that happening somewhat?
1: Yeah. Uh unfortunately there's a leak from academia to industry. But actually, there's a bigger concern for me. Whether they're in industry or in academia, I do worry that a lot of people feel a bit hopeless in the way that, you know, there's like really strong messages dominating the field, which is that uh, scale is all you need. And, you know, GPT-567 will be even more amazing. There's maybe nothing one can do about it. And you know, so that there's like a bit too much currently shifted toward the prompt engineering as the main research focus, and I genuinely worry about that. Like everybody doing the same thing cannot be good. I do hope that people, I mean, uh, explore, you know, what happens with the bigger scale out of curiosity. But the fact that there's so much emphasis and all the companies, major companies, now I now they feel like. They need to catch up with ChatGPT. So I hear from many friends that there's a lot of this internal refocus, reprioritization, which is totally understandable, but if this is global phenomenon, that's not healthy at all. Like we need to put more research effort around safeguarding AI and building alternative methods that are more compute efficient, therefore also less carbon footprint.
0: Yeah, we need to bring, you know, math and maybe even physics people, but certainly math people. I mean, I feel lucky that I I, was a mathematician and then did computer science because these models are very <laughs> mathematical. You know, just being a programmer isn't really the training you need for this stuff.
1: And currently, brute force scale is the way to go, but there may be alternative where... You know, sometimes these smaller models, the specialized models, do learn on a lot more specialized data, and the data is actually the key. And that data can be not just more data, but it's better data, high-quality data. Sometimes the data that was really designed to teach you that particular mathematical concept, for example. So when you think about humans also nobody learns very well just by reading random web data. We tend to learn better when there's a great textbook and tutorial. And so similarly, I do think that this is about how to transfer knowledge or information in the most efficient way. So that's another reason for me why I believe that the smaller model or mother-sized model could have a major edge, but that requires innovation about how to get that information alternatively.
0: What are some of the ways you're most enthused about that AI can help us improve the world?
1: My wishful thought is AI to really better understand humans more than humans ourselves do. And I think that's fundamentally a reason why there's a lot of conflict. There's a lot of disagreement. And I'm hoping that we can use AI as a tool to better reflect about ourselves and then be able to communicate with each other better and coexist together more peacefully.
0: Yeah, I I completely agree with that. It's kind of scary that we seem to be more polarized and, you know, other technologies gave us hydrogen bombs and, you know, (laughs) bioterrorist pathogens. And so... It's, it's just a dream because we the AI is not there yet. But if it could help us understand each other and maybe reverse this trend towards polarization, that would be an incredible favor to the world. You know, people a lot of people worry about AI safety, that it doesn't take over the world. But at the same time, maybe it can improve and reduce conflict and, and improve understanding that. That's worth working on. Subscribe to Unconfused Me wherever you listen to podcasts.